Today on the Women Mind the Water Art of the Series, I'm speaking with Lisa Connell Mangione, a painter who is the definition of artivist. Lisa is currently using her art in service of a rural community in Harford County, Maryland. This land, known as Mitchell Farm, is under consideration for development as a freight distribution district. The possibility of the land being transformed from rural to industrial has spurred Lisa to action. She is concerned about the harm that will be placed on the local waterways and ultimately Chesapeake Bay, the largest estuary in the United States. The Women Mind the Water Artemis Series podcast on womenmindthewater.com engages artists in conversation about their work and explores their connection with the ocean. Through their stories, Women Mind the Water hopes to inspire and encourage action to protect the ocean and her creatures. My guest on the Women Mind the Water Artemis Series podcast is Lisa Mangione. Lisa grew up in Maryland. When she was three, her family began camping at the mouth of the Chesapeake, cementing a lifelong connection for Lisa with the area. Her parents taught her to respect and love the ocean, and her mother, a commercial artist for Sears, instilled in her an appreciation for art. During her youth, Lisa spent nearly every weekend seated at the kitchen table creating with brushes and pencils. Welcome, Lisa. I am pleased that you reached out to me through my womenmindthewater.com website. It seems you read a story about me in an issue of Splash, a publication of the Ocean Conservancy. I was grateful to read I inspired you to reach out and tell me about your work. I was particularly interested when you mentioned that you support local organizations through your artwork and wanted to know if the Women Mind the Water Artivist series would focus on the Mitchell Farm issue? My answer is yes. So let's get to it. Lisa, let's begin by having you give us a brief description of the area you are working to support. Uh, First of all, thank you so much, Pam, for having me on. I really appreciate this platform and um, all the work that you're doing. I grew up in Hartford County. My parents moved here when about 60 years ago, and uh, I've seen a lot of change in Hartford County, a lot of building, a lot of uh, new homes, apartments, commercial space. And so it it has come now to this area that is called Perryman, the Perryman Peninsula. And it is just a a little special place. There's 700 families there that live there. And um, it is right on the Bush River, which actually feeds into the Chesapeake Bay. And it, it's just a special place. It, the, the area in question was uh, an agricult- agricultural area. It was farmed by the Mitchell family, corn, uh, for a very long time, hundreds of years or hundred years. And there were probably hundreds because um, there were uh, African slaves that used to hand till the the ground in order to be able to plant the corn. And um, so it's come to the point now where the family's gotten older and and you know, of course they're they want to sell the land. Okay, so it's a historic place in a small community. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have to say saying pyramid, 
Peninsula Project is definitely a mouthful. <laughs> so while your credentials don't mention formal schooling in art, you do belong to the National Oil and Acrylic Painters Society and the American Society of Marine Artists. Can you tell me a little bit about your journey as an artist? So as you said, I grew up, you know, painting and and sculpting and whatever else my mom would introduce me to when I was young. And her, her actually her grandfather was a lithographer for the US Mint. And so he would, um, you know, draw things for her. He'd draw like a $5 bill with Mickey Mouse in the center. And, you know, so I, I, have, a, I have a very long history of, of uh, artists on my mom's side. And so, you know, I've always just had that, but I really didn't get serious about uh, being a professional artist until 2016. And at that time, uh, just, you know, started with acrylics and colored pencils and watercolor. And then in the last year, I've started with oils. So how has your life experience shaped your art and your philosophy about art? Well, as you mentioned, too, at the beginning, I grew up camping. I grew up fishing and crabbing and, you know, searching for seashells and making things out of the seashells that I found. And uh, it was a real bonding experience with both of my parents. Um, my dad would take me out on the boat and we'd go fishing or we'd go soft crabbing. And I, I mean, soft crabbing is just so much fun. Uh, I don't know if you have you ever been soft crabbing? No, I have not. So you take a, a net that has a a flat bottom and with a roller on it and you push that through the grass and then when the crabs jump out of the grass you run and catch them so you're running through the water trying to scoop them up <laughs> so it, it's a lot of fun it really is and so um i think the reason that the water means so much to me is because i grew up that way and i've seen mm. it change i've seen okay. the pollutants and so I, I that's what kind of spurs me all right, so let's talk about one of your paintings. The one, you did one about the blue crab. I believe the blue crab is the most valuable fishery in the area and is Maryland State crustacean. What inspired that particular work? Again, probably going soft crabbing with my dad because that, that's, that's a crab that's under the water. Um, so I, I like to do underwater scenes because they're a little different than the norm. So when you paint a subject like the blue crab, do you rely on your memory or use a photograph or real crab? I ask because I'm interested in whether you were trying to capture the real animal or just the essence of it. So uh, I'm actually a realist painter. So I, I do try to capture the actual um, animal as it is. And so what I typically do is go out and pull uh, a number of different reference photos from different sites. And then I use all of those to actually uh, get to know the animal and the anatomy of the animal so that I can, can portray it correctly. Very good. I know I, I have a science background and I'm a stickler sometimes when I look and the crustacean doesn't have the right number of legs. You know, that's nice to hear that you do look at the subject. So how do you use your art to do good? Do you donate the piece to the organization for them to sell, or do you sell the work and then donate the proceeds to the organization? 
I actually do both. I donate a lot of art to local organizations. Obviously, I donate to, uh, we call it 3P so that you don't have to remember Perryman Project, Perryman Peninsula Project. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's easier to say 3P. <laughs> Uh, so I don't, I do, I donate to them and then I donate, donate also to a local organization that is called Extreme Family Outreach for is for, for underprivileged kids in the area. And then I also, you know, to other, other organizations here in Hartford County. Um, and then I also did years ago and I, I'd like to do it again is take a percentage of my paintings and then donate that to either Moat Marine Lab down in Sarasota or Chesapeake Bay Foundation, so. That's wonderful. So as there are a vast number of worthy projects needing support, how did you come to decide that the Mitchell Farm Project was where you wanted to contribute? When I started to learn more about the project, uh, it, 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 it was really just heart tugging to me because I could see where it was just another project, another part of Hartford County that would be really, you know, affected by the the rain rain the runoff of you know the water and and uh, the wildlife that lives there, even you know mammals that live on the land, of course. So, right. so explain for us what a freight distribution district is. So they already have. Uh, warehouses in that area and they're they've already seen the negative environmental effects from those but these new warehouses are actually going to be closer and and in some cases back right up to residential um you know the housing uh area that's right there and so it it's even more um in their face kind of thing you know what i mean and it's going to it's going to be even more of an effect on the environment because that area was originally wetlands and it's just going to be even even worse for the environment because it's even closer to the water. I don't know how much money needs to be raised to save the property or if the property is even for sale. So I wonder if your art is less about raising money and more about raising awareness. Well, it's hopefully about both. <laughs> so it's hopefully about uh, people realizing that this project is important and it's hopefully about educating people on it and it's hopefully about raising the money, you know, because they they really do need to, to continue to raise money to, to fight the fight. So what's the current status of the Mitchell Farm development? So the, like I said, the residents there have banded together and they have a lawsuit that is against the developer and um, some of Harford County officials and other people that have been involved in it. And so they are um, fighting it in court. So how can listeners find out more about the project and what can they do to help? So they can go to um, protectperryman.com and that's their website and then also uh, the Perryman Peninsula Project on Facebook. So are you painting any more besides the blue crab in support of the project? 
I would like to uh, do a bald eagle. That would be like my next one because there's a resident there that is he he has a home on the water and he has taken pictures of this uh, family that of eagles that had two eaglets this summer and he would post the pictures of the eagles you know as they were growing up and um, so I think that would be really kind of a neat painting to do. Lovely. As someone who is actively using her art in service of environmental projects, you clearly believe you can make a difference. Can you talk to my audience about this? How can they get involved in issues of local importance? I think uh, first thing is that the average person and artists need to realize that they can make a difference. You know, they shouldn't sell themselves short and they shouldn't feel that their art is, is not worthy because it is. And um, as you saw with the Perryman project, you know, all of those uh, families have banded together and now they're one voice. And so I think that if everybody realizes that they're, they have a small piece of the puzzle, it may be a small piece, but then when you start putting all the pieces together, it becomes something big and good. And, you know, I would encourage people to educate themselves on, you know, who is running for office, who is in office, where they stand on environmental issues, and to be cognizant of that when you go to vote. And please vote. That's a very timely uh, call to action. I appreciate it. So thank you, Lisa, for reaching out to me to be on the Women Mind the Water Artivist Series podcast. I applaud you for the work you are doing and hope listeners have gained a renewed sense of how they also can make a difference. And I'd like to remind my listeners that I have been speaking with Lisa Kozel Mangioni for the Women Mind the Water Artivist Series podcast. The series can be viewed on womenmindthewater.com, Museum on Main Street, and YouTube. An audio-only version of this podcast is available on womenmindthewater.com on iTunes and BuzzFeed. Women Mind the Water is grateful to Jane Rice for the use of her song, Women of Water. All rights for the Women Mind the Water name and logo belong to Pam Ferris Olson. This is Pam Ferris Olson.